Hi, my name's Mark Kelly. I'm one of the leaders here at City Church Leeds, and I want to thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope that it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. For more information about us, please visit citychurchleeds.net or find us on all the usual social media websites. Take care and enjoy what's coming up. Okay, so I split it up a little bit this morning just because, um, you know, if kids are here, it just it helps a little bit sometimes when we split stuff up. So we're going to have a little bit of a talk and a little bit of um, some testimony. Um, then we're going to go back into some worship and then have a bit more um, sort of talking and different things. So just so you know where we're going, you're not thinking, cool, Hannah's done five minutes. That was pretty short. Um, you might be grateful. I don't know, but we'll see how it goes. So... Um, I'm meant to be sort of summing up Luke, sort of getting to the end of Luke, and um, we've been looking at Luke through the last couple of weeks, and um, so when I was looking at the end of Luke, so sort of 21 to 24 is what I was given, it obviously covers some pretty major events in our, in our Christian faith, it covers like the death and resurrection of Jesus, um, but I'm not going to talk about them too much, um, uh, you kind of know those, they're fundamentally amazing and change the world forever so um we do know about those but um what i felt when i was reading those verses um was how much jesus talked about how he was the fulfillment of the things that were said before and how what he was going to do now was going to fulfill the things that were to come and that we are partakers in that we're not we're not looking at it from the past but we're actually part of that so um so yeah, Luke particularly emphasizes that all the way through his gospel that the, um, the events that are happening aren't just something that have happened in our history, but actually they're something that are part of the continued history of, of salvation and that they're going to change the whole of creation. Um, Jesus himself, just right through, again Luke, but particularly at this end bit, just keeps talking about he, how he is the fulfillment of the scriptures the words of the prophets, and that he, predict, he predicts different things that are about to happen, like the betrayal, the death, and resurrection, and um, also the destruction of the temple. Um, I think a good example of this is in Luke 21, verse 5. It says, Some of the disciples began to talk about the majestic stonework of the temple, the memorial decorations of the wall. But Jesus said, The time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Um, Jephesus, I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but he was um, a historian, a uh, Jewish historian, and a lot of sort of stuff that was pieced together now um, is from some of his writings. So he writes in detail about the destruction of the temple, about what happens in Jerusalem when um, the Jews sort of rebel and the Roman Empire sort of squashes them, basically. It's pretty terrible. So if you read the extracts, some of the things that are written about what happened to the Jewish people at that time... Um, but it, it, it shows that Jesus predicts things that were about to happen, that were near to happen, and things that were going to happen in the sort of longer term. And I think Jesus at this moment is refocusing the disciples to the, to the eternal beyond what they can see. They're looking at, oh, isn't it nice windows, and those, that bit of architecture is quite nice. But he's trying to get them to see beyond their earthly eyes. He wants them to start seeing heaven, aligning themselves to the Father's will and his authority instead of the powers and principalities of this world. Within these passages, he predicts Jesus' betrayal, Peter's denial, and his own death and resurrection. Prophecy comes in many forms. Jesus uses pictures for telling of things to come, words of knowledge about people. Like in, uh, when he talks to the Samaritan woman, he reveals who she is. He speaks truth about her but not in a condemning way and um, that's definitely a form of prophecy 
he highlights the scripture and how it relates to the future. So we have this amazing thing, don't we, in terms of uh, our Bibles, um, that we think it's living word, it's not something that is archaic and sort of something we're reading as a historical document, but actually it's something that is living word that we can speak out in truth right now that is relevant to each of us and to the people that we interact with each day. So what I'd like us to do um, for this little bit is I'd like to just have a moment just to think about when um, maybe you've had some kind of prophecy. As I said, it looks very different in different ways. I know people who have prophecies very much in pictures or people who um, have little words of knowledge, things that are about your past that actually God's trying to realign with what he thinks about that bit of history. But um, yeah, just to have a little think about a time where a prophecy has been said either about you or this congregation or, um, and see if it's something you could bring as a testimony of how it's fulfilled. To one, release us into saying things more to encourage us in, in how we step out into prophecy. But also, um, I think when we declare what is good and what's happened, it, it releases something bigger in, in all different ways. So yes, just have a few moments, and if anyone has anything I'd like to bring as an encouragement to each other, um, if you want to step up and be brave, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. I think um, whether you've shared or not, or whether you've ever had experience like any of the things people have shared or not, um, God does care for you. He has words for you. He has, he has yeah, just such overwhelming love for you. And um, I just encourage you maybe to ask someone to pray for you if you feel that that's something you'd like, or, or just to ask him yourself. Um, and sometimes, it, you know, God has a sense of humor. He knows us well. And um, an example for me would be that um, when I sort of was doing my gap year, um, I was engaged to Ben, I was about... 23 I think um, I said to one of my friends you know I'm beginning to feel that I do things well and I feel terrible about it I feel like I shouldn't feel good about myself like I'm beginning to feel like I can you know I know God's with me and I and and I but at the same time I'm feeling this guilt that you know what is that vain to feel like that and um, she had this picture of me um, she said you've somehow made feeling good in something feeling bad Hannah I don't know how you've done it but she said um she said she had this picture of me as a little seahorse blowing bubbles and being happy about these bubbles. And I thought, God knows me well, because it's quite a funny picture, isn't it? If you ever go into my bathroom, she gave me a picture of this, this seahorse blowing bubbles. And, um, and yeah, I just want to encourage this. God, God wants us to be happy, and he wants us to, to be pleased with what he's done in us, to rejoice in what he's done in us. And so when we share testimony, I think that releases that permission into each other, that actually, yeah, it's okay that, that God thinks we're good, and he thinks everyone's good, and he wants us to share that. Um, so we're going to go back to Luke, um, and we're joining at um, verse, uh, chapter 24, verse 13, the walk to Emmaus. Um, so I'm just going to read, read that um, extract. I was going to get someone else to read. Does anyone else feel like reading a bit of the Bible for me? Or No? I'll go for it then. You're going to have to... Um, bear with my dyslexia for a bit. <laughs> so it says, On the same day, the two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked, they discussed the things that Jesus himself... Suddenly, at that time, Jesus himself came along and began talking to them, but God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who has not heard about all the things that have happened in the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. 
the things that have happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. They said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and that he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leaders and priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early in the morning and they came back with amazing reports. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who had told him that Jesus was alive. Some of our men ran down to see and sure enough the body had gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe in all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have suffered all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By the time they were nearly at Emmaus and the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he was going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. <laughs> they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And then within an hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then he said, when I was with you before I told he appeared to people. Then he told, said, I told you everything written about me in the laws of Moses and the prophets in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that Messiah would be proclaimed in authority of his name to all nations beginning with Jerusalem. There is forgiveness for all sins for all who repent. You are the witnesses to all these things. So Jesus draws alongside those who love him to reveal the past, present, and future to them. He is fulfilling the scriptures, but to his followers blinded by tradition which did not incorporate resurrection in their beliefs or the expectations that the Messiah would be risen, did not recognize him or the miracle that had taken place. When Jesus' followers recognized Jesus as the Messiah, they did not understand the consequences it would entail that would result in his sacrifice that would have a ripple effect on all humanity forevermore. For us looking back at these events, in hindsight, it's easy to judge or belittle the disciples for their lack of understanding and faith. But it was an unperceded event that had not happened or taken place before and never will again in the same way. Have you ever felt lost within something so huge that you can't work it out and can't work out the whole picture? Um, since I was 17, I've, I've written sort of prayer diaries. I, I'm not quite as good at doing it every day like I used to, but for a good solid, I don't know, five years, I wrote every day in a prayer diary. And um, sort of from 17 to sort of 20, I, I was pretty lost in terms of my identity and in relationships and in terms of lots of things, really. And... and um, I, I prayed a lot at that time. I, I think sometimes when you're at a broken place, you pray a lot, don't you? And, and um, we should pray a lot anyway, but do you know what I mean? I think sometimes you cling, you cling a bit more. And um, 
I, I asked God for a lot of things um, that I wanted, that I felt he should, he should do. And look, looking back at those prayer diaries, the fact that I wrote them down means you can look back and go, crikey, what, what was I asking for? But, um, but yeah, in maturity and, and sort of a deeper understanding of God, I have perspective on, on what he's done and how he worked out better than what I wanted. If, if he'd given the things to me I'd asked for, my life would be very different now. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be as happy, nor would he be able to fulfill what he's fulfilling through me now. And um, I think it's a bit like that in, in terms of disciples. They're really broken, aren't they? They've, they feel like all these things that they felt were going to happen have not happened. And, and they're so in the midst of it. They're completely surrounded by it. They're heartbroken and, and feel grief in a, in a very close way. They just cannot see the real implications of what God is doing. Jesus has given his friends insight into the situation, a glimpse of the salvation story unraveling before them. As Jesus was the fulfillment of the scriptures, so are we also the embodiment of Jesus. He proclaimed that we would do greater things than him and that he would send a helper who would empower us to do all things. Um, and last night, this is a bit um, off the cuff, a little bit more than, than my talk in general, but um, last night I was reading, sorry, I was reading um, a Bill Johnson book. I think it was the first sort of big Bill Johnson book that was written, um, When Heaven Invades Earth. And... Um, he talks um, about, where am I? Here I am. Um, he talks about how Jesus um, was fully human and fully God. And actually, when he was on earth, he didn't act out of God's power. He acted as a human, um, releasing the Holy Spirit. And actually, because of that, it's actually tangible that actually we have that same, we're in the same stance of Jesus of when he was on earth. And that um, because of that, we have those opportunities just as much as Jesus did when he walked this earth to bring prophecy, to bring healing, um, to do miracles, to just be in complete relationship with the Father. Um, and he also says that there were, so there's two things that Jesus had that that we don't have. He said he had no sin to separate him from the Father, and he was completely dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. But Bill Johnson then goes on to say, but our sins are cleansed through the blood of Jesus. And though his sacrifice, and through his sacrifice, he was successfully dealt with that power, the effect of sin on, who, on those who believe. Nothing separates us from the Father, and there we remain. And then he says, the second thing is, how dependent are you on the Holy Spirit and willing to live on him? So even the things that Jesus had that we don't have, actually we have a solution to. That although he was completely sinless, we are now free from sin and guilt. And so we have that power, we are released in that. And if we rely on and are dependent on the Holy Spirit, if we release that in all that we do, we have, again, that same power that Jesus had. And I thought that was, you know, I, I've studied theology and I understand that he was fully God and fully human, but I hadn't really thought about the fact that he wasn't, he wasn't acting as God in the way that maybe I thought he was. And, and so that really does release us to think if Jesus could do that, then so could we. It's not, it's not Jesus did it and we get a bit of it. We have that same power. Um, so yeah, that, that was just something I thought last night was quite relevant to what we were talking about this morning. And so just to finish with, in Luke 24, verse 49, it says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and he'll fill you with the power from heaven. 
So Luke um, wrote not only Luke, but also Acts of the Apostles. And um, that is really the sort of build-up to the Acts of the Apostles, where the Holy Spirit is completely unleashed on the disciples, and they start the church. And the church goes throughout the world, becomes the body of Christ, and we are now part of that body. And um, we, we are witnesses to that story. We are part of that story, and we have a huge part to play. We are not just witnesses of the past, but proclaimers of the future. We're also the fulfillment of the scriptures. And we need to step into our priestly robes that are set before us to be reminded that we have the same power of heaven at our fingertips. This house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say, I'm sorry. We give second chances to anyone we also have lots of fun in this house we definitely forgive we also do loud and we give the best hugs we are family this house that means we 